Hi, everybody. Welcome back to this episode of Patriot Strong. I have a very, very special guest here with me today. Um, I was lucky enough to actually hear him speak last September at a conference in Kentucky, and I have been a fan and following ever since. Um, some of you probably remember that episode, the podcast from that uh, tour that we went to. And so you might be familiar with him. For those of you that are not, you are in for an amazing treat. Dr. Brian Artis is a true patriot fighting on the front lines and risking everything to save humanity. Um, it is my honor to welcome to the show, Dr. Brian Artis. Thank you so much for taking the time to uh, meet with me today and just kind of share your story. It's so important. Uh, the research that you have done nonstop is immaculate. We have to get the word out there for uh, people to understand the truth. Yeah, you're very welcome. And thank you for having me on your show, Courtney. And uh, I'm excited to be able to share some truth, I hope, some inspiration, some warning, and then what people can do in their lives actually to help control some of the madness that's going on. So that's really been what I've been trying to do for the last two years is help people make sense out of what other words has really been maddening for a lot of people, right? Trying to understand oh, yeah. any of the mandate mandates, the lockdowns, any of the questions and mysteries surrounding this new viral pandemic uh, of sorts. And I've been nonstop on a mission to number one, thwart the agenda, uncover the agenda, and then what's creating such massive amount of harm and death and corruption behind the pandemic. So uh, anyway, I'm very, very pleased to be here. So, and it doesn't matter. I'm actually committed to trying to convey messages that uh, touch the heart and minds of people around the world. And then hopefully they'll take those interviews and share them and those messages with other people around the world. And I have to say, uh, it really doesn't matter how big your platform is. It doesn't matter how many people are following you. That's never been important to me. I remember the very first time I ever did a lecture in 2004 when I opened up my first practice in Tennessee, I published a, in the newspaper that I was going to do a lecture. And I already told myself, I don't care if just one person shows up, I'm going to do the lecture because they know people outside of who I know and they'll go tell them. And I had just two people show up, an elderly couple, like in their 90s. And it took them like 30 minutes to even get into the chairs in the conference room. <laughs> By the time they got seated off their walkers and sitting down, they felt bad that we were late starting the lecture and they were the only ones there. They actually said, Dr. Artis, would you like to reschedule this? And I said, oh no, I already told myself, even if one person shows up, I'm gonna do it. And I wanna tell you something, Courtney, I did my one hour presentation on autoimmune diseases to these two people. They had left and I had no idea what was gonna happen. It didn't really matter to me. All I wanted to do was educate and inspire people. These two people went home told their daughter, who was a professor that I did not know at the University of Tennessee, she's a tenured huh. professor there, and their son who was uh, in high school, her grandson, those people were told by their grandparents when they walked in the door from my lecture, what information I brought them and what an inspiration it was. I had over a hundred new patients come to my office in the next three months as a result wow. of those two people. And it just boomed, the whole practice boomed after, after that. I've had podcasts that only had a hundred subscribers who within five days of one of my interviews, just in the last four months, had over 5 million views. Oh and then I, went back, then I went back on their shows to do live Q and A's with their thousands of followers. 
as a result of those interviews. So it, it doesn't matter to me uh, who you are. You are innocent. And there is a massive amount of lies and deception called COVID-19 that they're inflicting harm and disease inside of you and your loved ones. And you should know what those are. So I appreciate the opportunity to be here. My father-in-law was murdered in a hospital in nine days uh, in February of 2020, before COVID ever came to Texas, which is where I live. Uh, there were no cases of COVID in Texas when he walked himself into a hospital. They diagnosed him with a viral infection called the flu. They then put him on three drugs, one of which uh, was an antibiotic that does not treat viruses, by the way, but this one drug causes acute kidney failure. And within 24 hours, he went into acute kidney failure by day three. We were told he was now in kidney failure. Day five, the kidney failure was so intense, water was now on his brain and he was going unconscious and being put on life support to breathe. Uh, when I went in there on the morning of the sixth to find out that the protocol and the drugs themselves were causing the acute kidney failure, flooding his lungs with water, they were calling pneumonia. It was actually pulmonary edema, which means lung water water in his lungs from shutting down his kidneys with a drug. When I got the hospital to change their protocols, stop certain drugs and introduce other drugs, within five hours, he became conscious for the first time in two days. He was able to communicate, able to breathe on his own. He came off the forced air. And as a result of my exposing the criminality behind their protocols and then exposing what would happen when you change the protocols, after we got home that night, the hospital administration told the nurses station and the attending doctors, who are their employees. They said, you call the artist family and tell them they are permanently banning the changes that made the improvements to my father-in-law's situation. And they were going back to the hospital protocols that he was on originally. The next morning I went up there and challenged the hospital. I, mean, I was screaming at all of them, yelling wow. at all of them. And they kicked me out with security. And over the next 48 hours, killed my father-in-law on a morphine overdose, which they called palliative care. They actually murdered him and covered up their liability that I exposed. As a result of this experience, three, month, three months later, I was reading the hospital protocols for COVID-19 on the NIH's website. And Anthony Fauci had lied to the whole world and said there was a experimental drug, never FDA approved, called remdesivir. And he lied about two things. He said there were two studies that found it effective and safe against the Ebola virus and the COVID-19 virus. So I just went and read those studies that he uh, was quoting only to find out that not only were these drugs not effective, they actually killed over 50% of the people they gave those drugs to in those clinical trials. So I knew he was lying to the world. And ever since I have been extremely bold, I have been extremely busy trying to save as many lives as possible from experiencing the death of an innocent human being in your family due to hospital protocols, which are ill-advised and deadly. And that's exactly what these COVID-19 protocols are. I believe uh, God allowed me to witness murder in a hospital with protocols so that I would be able to surmise what the awful threat was from these hospital protocols called COVID-19 protocols. So I've been known worldwide now for two years uh, as, the, as the remdesivir guy because I've been blowing the whistle nonstop on how dangerous this drug is. And it is, it causes multiple organ failure, acute kidney failure, and heart failure. And 30% of all people you give it to for five to 10 days, which is the authorized treatment period in all American hospitals. So I have been nonstop exposing uh, the lies and the criminality behind these medical malpractice uh, protocols. But that's who I am and that's why I got involved. And then it's just kind of circumvented. Uh, if you were at the Kentucky event, 
Yes. Uh, Brad Barton uh, hosted an event and I went to that in Kentucky and it was fun. Uh, that was, man, I don't even know, eight months ago, 10 months yeah, ago. Yeah, last September. There you go, last September. That was a great event and it was a lot of fun and it was a very successful event. Um, Mike Lindell and others were there. Mike Flynn even showed up there, I believe. Tom mm -hmm. Holman was there. I loved his testimony. It was phenomenal. Anyway, it was a great, uh, it was a great opportunity to be there. Since that time uh, included, uh, I've been in eight different Capitol buildings in the United States with Peter McCullough and others testifying to senators and legislators of the COVID mandates and the vaccine injuries, the hospital protocols, and then helping state reps figure out how to bring in medical boards for their state into the Capitol building, along with the pharmacy boards, bring them in for that state and hold them accountable for their crimes, which is they're, they're taking the licenses of medical doctors and threatening them to just use a one treatment protocol for COVID-19, which is not a good idea ever. And then the pharmacists are now being allowed to practice medicine without a license by restricting life-saving COVID-19 drugs that doctors are writing prescriptions for and now pharmacies are saying, no, we don't have to actually fill those wow. prescriptions. So that's what I've been busy with until you saw what happened and the rest of the world has seen about four weeks ago when I unleashed on the yeah. world a whole bunch of documents around my concerns that COVID-19 has weaponized snake venom and other venoms and the, the possibility that remdesivir reads just like cobra venom and the connections to the companies that Gilead owns, which is called Genin. Gene Tech, and they actually produce drugs from snake venom. So the idea that it could be from snake venom or is synthetic snake venom is very real. And then my concerns that the injuries from the vaccines for COVID-19 also can be explained with weaponizing venoms of various snakes. Every single side effect of the COVID-19 shots can be explained yeah. with snake venom. And so this has been something I brought to light. A documentary called Watch the Water came out by Stu Peters and his group that they released uh, it is my opinion that uh, they've been orchestrating weaponizing venoms, calling it COVID-19, and they're putting it in our water systems. And that's how they're targeting specific communities, regions, races, you name it. And that's how they're orchestrating the entire pandemic worldwide. It's crazy. I remember um, my husband had like came running into where we work and he's like, you have to watch this documentary. I'm like, I'm busy. Like, I'll, I'll watch it later. He's like, no watch it right now because you're going to be shocked. And I watched the episodes with Mike Adams. Um, I watched it and had to pause multiple, multiple times and then go back and rewatch it and take notes on it because it was all just so overwhelming, but everything tied perfectly together. And it's, it's sick and sad that they are, are doing this and getting away with it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The getting away with it part is going to be the fun part for me because no one actually was taking a look at just how directly could they blame the injuries and deaths from these shots on and remdesivir. Not until I brought to light. If you look at it as venom, you'll now know what it is. Yeah. And so I just want you to know that my whole goal here, people have nonstop, anybody who's naysayers against the venom aspect, which there's a few of those, the majority of the world has been very thrilled and excited. And many medical doctors have been so excited to now have this aspect to look at COVID-19 as venom because it explains every side effect that their COVID-19 yep. victims are experiencing. It explains every side effect to the shots. And now they feel empowered to know how to treat these patients, 
which is phenomenal. That's the only reason why I wanted to bring this out was to make sure all the medical establishments stayed confident in what they've been doing and then take a look at two things you have not been looking at and add that to your repertoire and we should be able to handle every future variant that they're going to unleash on us because they're, they're not done. Oh no, not at all. Um, have you found that now versus whenever all of this information first came out that people are more receptive of it? Yeah, it's actually, I actually thought 50% of the world was going to immediately dismiss me, kick me out of events, not have me speak anymore. I actually thought that. <laughs> I thought 50% of everything I was involved in and planned and being in, I was going to be kicked out of. Uh, but I actually have been added to more events. And I only was asked to skip one event that I was asked to be out of because some MDs had their feelings hurt and said their reputation would be hurt if they were seen on stage where Dr. Artis is. And I didn't realize this was a, uh, an ego or reputation yeah, contest. Yeah. I thought this was a let's do everything at all costs to save lives contest. But anyway, some people care more about their reputations and their egos. And that's pretty sad. Those aren't leaders, by the way. Those are cowards. So <laughs> we are learning who, who amongst all odds and under any ideal is willing to stand firm in the protection of innocent people around the world. And that's all I've cared about. So it's been exciting to watch many, 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 many people scientists, medical doctors around the world gravitate to me, whereas I, I didn't even know who they were until <laughs> I brought this out. I'm not kidding where I brought this out now being asked to be on a ton of medical podcasts, medical doctors uh, platforms. And they're very excited to talk to me about bringing all of this to light. And for most of them, the three chapters with Mike Adams is what did it. When, when they oh, watched yeah. that, it just totally <laughs> shifted everything for them in the reality of COVID. And the idea that Dr. Artis is just making up some crazy <laughs> idea. No, I had a, when I went to go visit with Stu Peters, I actually filmed for five hours an interview. And he wow. was so impressed by the amount of documentation. He hired a film crew to come in and create it into a documentary. Well, it ended up being only a 48 minute thing. Well, before that released, I already went to Mike Adams and said, we need to film all my documentation with you. Yeah. And and it was a three and a half hours, three chapters worth of documents. And uh, all of it's hyperlinked. I gave it to Mike Adams. Every single document I go through that lays out my four and a half months of discovery in relationship to COVID-19 and it being Venom, I go through in three and a half hours with him. And then we provided all the hyperlinks to every article, every published research study, everything is documented. And it's uh, amazing like how much of the information was just right in front of our faces, but nobody really knew where to look. And now that you have brought up like the documents and the articles and research, more people are doing research on their own as well. And I think it's all due to you and all of your, your grassroots movement for exposing the truths of what's really going on. Yeah, it's been a really eye-opening to watch. There's a lot of, um, COVID-19 experts, I would call them. Anybody that you would know is on the forefront of speaking out against COVID-19 worldwide. I mean, there's a bunch of them. Robert Malone, McCullough, Geert Vanderbosch, uh, you name it. There's all kinds of guys and girls that are in, in groups with me around the world. And it's been very interesting that immediately there were some, very few, who wanted to just dismiss the claims right out the gate. But most of them, 90% of all of them, have come full circle and have said, thank you for everything you've done, Dr. Artis. No one's been this bold, this brave to put everything on the line to expose uh, some other reality that could be COVID. And I just want you to know that the exciting part of all of it for me was I don't specialize in everything related to health. So I was excited to find out what are toxicologists going to say? 
What are snake venom experts going to say? What are vaccine makers going to say, right? What's going to be their reaction? Ask me if I was shocked within <laughs> one week, one week of my Stu Peters and Mike Adams interviews dropping. Imagine my shock to find out that both CFOs for Pfizer and Moderna resigned within one week. You really think I find that ironic? No. Yeah, no, I'm no. sure. They know we're coming. And just so y'all know, we are. I am hell-bent to actually prove that there's venom in these shots. And uh, we're already working on it. We've already got the lab set up to actually do the testing. And we're going to do it. We're going to prove it. I and, love uh, it. We're all gonna, and they're all going to be held accountable because it's the only thing that explains all these flipping injuries. And if that's not in there, they have other diseases in there, like oh, Ebola, yeah. Ebola, Marburg virus, Zika, or in the shots. And they're causing disease and illness. And either way, they're not disclosing that information and we'll hold them accountable for lying. And that will be the next step. So I, I'm, I'm hell-bent to make sure that we find out so that we can protect the innocent children, the innocent elderly from any more of this vaccine campaign experiment going on. Now, do you think that uh, the recent outbreaks with the children, like all of the, I think it's five to 12 year olds that are getting really sick and dying, do you think that's due to the shots? Yeah, there's uh, one thing that's very evident in the third chapter with Mike Adams. I go into what we know, snake venom, for example, from King Cobra venom, what organs it attacks and destroys. It's the liver, the kidneys, the heart, and the lungs. Yep. And now that we're injecting these mRNA vaccines into children ages 5 to 11, there's been these very recent reports, even from the World Health Organization, that hepatitis is occurring, which is inflammation of the liver. That's all it means. Mm -hmm. It does not mean these kids have a virus called hepatitis A, B, or C. They, hepatitis by Latin definition means, hepa means liver, itis means inflammation of. It just means the liver's inflamed. And you're going to see markers on their blood of ALT and AST elevations. They'll be higher than normal. That means the liver's being damaged by something. Uh, and these shots, by far, regardless of what's in them, a virus or venom, venoms actually cause inflammation of liver tissue, inflammation of kidney tissue called nephritis, uh, lung tissue called COPD and pulmonary edema and hemorrhaging. These are all side effects of venom. So yes, I'm not surprised to see that five to 11 year old children are, expect, are experiencing now hepatitis, whereas they never had that documented yeah. COVID-19 getting the infection, but you're going to start injecting all these children with these experimental shots. Yeah. If I find out there's venom in there, every, every single child that's developed hepatitis, we now have rights to sue every one of those organizations for not disclosing the poison toxins or venom peptides that are in those actual shots to cause liver disease. I hope that I hope all the lab work comes back and that it can be proven because they they need to be stopped with the what I forget which uh, company it was but just wanted the FDA approval for infants which is so so sad and there are so many so many people that are just blindly following the mainstream media and believing everything that they see and that they're told and they're subjecting their children and babies to the snake venom and that's crazy they're blindly blindly killing yeah there's two things january 21st of 2022 the fda decided this year that they were going to authorize remdesivir be the only covid19 treatment for newborns in america starting at seven wow. pounds old and all children ages to 18 years old it's the only drug right now approved as of last week by the fda to treat covid19 in children really 
This thing causes multiple organ failure, acute kidney failure, and heart failure. Reads just like cobra toxin. And you think I'm okay with them giving that to babies? No, I'm not. I'm the one guy that's going to be more upset than anybody about that drug being used to treat babies. Yeah. And now Pfizer has been authorized to give these shots in June, the mRNA shots, to six-month-old to four-year-olds in June, next wow. month. You think I'm okay with that? No, I'm not okay with it. So let's hurry up and expose the fraud that is the Pfizer vaccines. And then let's make it national and international news that we're going to sue all the executives of Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson, Johnson, AstraZeneca for lying to all of you and that there's snake venom in their shots and they're killing people with it. Let's do that. That'll be exciting. I'll grab my popcorn for that one. Yeah. Um, what is your opinions on the PCR tests? I know that <clears throat> there was um, articles and stuff that had come out that PCR tests have been used for the testing of venom, right? Yeah, imagine my shock. You know, for two years now, I've listened to medical doctors and scientists on calls, in person, in the grand jury with Dr. Rainier Fulmick. I've listened to people testify that PCR tests do not confirm respiratory virus diagnosis. They don't even look for viruses. Uh, the actual inventor, Carrie Mullis, I've seen plenty of videos with his before he was murdered the year before the pandemic. Yep. that uh, they, it does not evaluate for viruses. And he won a Nobel Prize for creating the invention, PCR test. He said it does not identify viruses, nor does it actually diagnose disease. It can't do that. Yet the whole world's been forced to use PCR tests during this new pandemic. Uh, anyway, imagine my shock when I start getting into snake venom research over the last five months, only to find out that in snake venom research, including mRNA of snake venom research to do gene editing therapy, Imagine my shock that they use PCR tests to identify snake venom and snake venom DNA and proteins and peptides. And they've been using it for decades. This is a very useful tool and it works very well at identifying snake venom peptides. And now I brought to light that if we go back and look at January of 2020's China's research, the geneticist there said the origin source for SARS-CoV-2 was most like two snake venom peptides. Yeah, uh, this could explain why it is they forced the world to look using PCR tests that actually identify venom. Maybe they're using that and it actually is accurate to find venom in people who are sick with COVID-19 symptoms or without. And then this could explain, I mean, for two years now, we've talked about how ineffective PCR tests are. And I'm not a PCR expert. I just trusted on all the other scientists to actually talk about it and medical doctors who have never used PCR tests to identify or diagnose a respiratory virus. They've been very loud at providing documentation that PCR test does not look for viruses. Well, uh, imagine my shock to find out it's actually been used confidently <laughs> to identify venom for decades. What if they have been using it this whole time to identify venom? And then imagine my shock that in January of 2020, I went through this with Mike Adams. Imagine my shock that in 2020, a company called Roche, R-O-C-H-E, Hollande Roche was awarded the emergency use authorization application by the FDA to be the first company to provide an antigen test for all SARS-CoV-2 positive COVID-19 patients in America. And that this antigen test made by Roche, imagine my shock when I read the articles that it's trademarked name for the SARS-CoV-2 antigen test is Cobra's, mm. 
Oh, wow. It's actually remove the R from Cobras. It's Cobas. C-O-B-A-S, trademark. 6800-8800. All you got to do is put the R from Roche back in Cobras, and it reads just like it is. And imagine my shock that since the 70s, Roche has been making antigen-specific tests for snake venom research since the 70s, and it's called Cobas, abbreviated Cobras. Yeah. That's not shocking. Yeah, I'm sure that has nothing to do with anything. It's just funny, quite um, I was actually fired from my job for not being vaccinated and refusing to do the weekly PCR testing. I sent in all the documents that I had found that it doesn't it doesn't work. Like you can't test for um, for COVID and all this stuff, and they. They didn't say anything. They wouldn't even look at the references. They said that my resources were out of date and not relevant. So they really didn't care to see them. But it's, it's amazing. I'm sure there are tons of people like me in my story that are negatively affected by the PCR tests that don't even test for what, what they're trying to push. Yeah, I'm very sorry to hear that. I'm very proud of you for standing your ground with your own Thank ethics you. and your own morals i've said nonstop for the last two years anybody that's being told at a university or at a job that you have to do weekly testing of any kind for covid19 uh, you have the ability to provide you do you can say i'm willing to comply to be tested every week or every day but i will not do anything invasive and you can take a body fluid sample either yeah. your own spit urine or poop and just so you know they already have the technology to identify in any of those three sources, supposedly COVID-19. So they're, they can analyze your poop. They can analyze your urine. They can analyze your saliva. I would not agree to anything being invasive. You just nope. provide the sample. And then just say you're willing to comply, but you have to use these test kits. I'm just going to give you my body sample and you get to go find it. That's what I would do. That's what um, I had actually done a show with David Rodriguez about the PCR test and like how to stand up against them. And uh, this was back in October. So whenever I had given all the information to the company um, in their uh, administrative dismissal letter, they uh, said that I was fired for not complying and for providing false information. Like, okay, whatever. It's, it'll, it'll all turn around, but the journey since then, getting to do the podcast, like I said, I've got, gotten to meet some incredible people. Um, I just got finished with a show with Emily Peterson from Iowa Stands United. Uh, David, again, we did a show on the LGBT curriculum that was went up today, actually. And now I'm sitting here with you, all of these amazing people that I've listened to for years. And it's just it's a it's a journey and it's an honor. Well, if you got to talk to Emily Peterson, I believe she's one of the Iowa Mama Bears. Yeah. <laughs> you need to take uh, take notes from her and Kimberly. Uh, yeah. They have been phenomenal as uh, of what a parent should be in defense of their children's rights. A hundred percent. Kudos to them. I love them. I've actually been in their homes. I've been on many stages with them. They've been in our home and stayed here actually multiple times. They are uh, phenomenal human beings. They really are. Um, I'm actually, uh, we leave on Wednesday to go down to South Carolina for that reawakened tour. I'm excited to see everybody.
Are you going to be there doing interviews? Um, I don't know if I'll be doing interviews, but I'll be there. <laughs> well, you can get a media booth and do interviews down there with your show and just interview oh all gosh. the speakers. That'd be fun. You can. You can do it. Hmm. So, you know, you reached out probably to Christina to establish this interview. Yes. Christina can get you the media passes to be able to go to the Reawaken Tour. Oh, okay. And she, she'll, she'll just call Clay Clark's, Clark's group and get info for you. Get you a That's pass. Good <laughs> yeah, then you can sit there and interview them all day long. Everybody's going to be there. I will be there Friday speaking, and then I leave Saturday morning, actually. I'm not going to be there for the full two days. I've oh, got okay. a wedding to get to in New Jersey, but I will be speaking on Friday. And we have a new documentary I'm going to show a trailer for from stage that uh, Jonathan Otto and I have been creating. It's a new documentary around everything related to Venom and COVID-19. It's going to be even more shocking than what you've already experienced. And I'm not even joking. Mm, I can't wait. Oh, my gosh. And that documentary will be ready in the next two weeks. We're just going to do the trailer. Let everybody see the two and a half minute trailer. A little teaser. At the end of my speech. Yep. Well, before we hop off, um, I just have a couple more questions for you, if you don't mind. What is your best advice for people that have been vaccinated to either expel all of the toxins or uh, try and reverse the effects that are happening? Yeah, that's great. Good question. This is number one, what we want to do. We want to be able to create for people anecdotes and answers for how to preserve their health because uh, I, I am not the only one that figured out that they're using venom. Uh, there's actually a guy named Dr. Tal Braun, and you should interview him. Uh, I can get you his info, I think. Yeah. Wherever my phone is here. But uh, wherever my phone is. Anyway, I'll get you that info. Actually, ask Christina for Tal Braun's info, and you need to interview him. Okay. He works. His name is T-A-U-B-R-A-U-N. His title is he works in U.S. national counterterrorism. He specializes in preventing mass killings with biological warfare. And he personally trains FBI agents and CIA agents for years to prevent mass killings with biological weapons. He wrote a letter to the FBI in June of 2021. And he said, they keep calling SARS-CoV-2 a respiratory disease. It is not. This is envenomation. They're using venom to make people sick. And then they're in vaccinating people with venom. He's aware of what they're doing. So wow. he, when the FBI didn't respond with anything other than received, thank you. He sent a letter to the director of the FBI he's worked with for years and they totally blew him off. His colleagues at the U.S. National Counterterrorism Unit, when he said, I don't care if the FBI ignores me or not, I'm going to actually go take this information public. His colleagues told him, to enter witness protection first. And he got scared, so he didn't. So he's been working on antidotes to save the vaccinated ever since. So he's very excited. I've since learned from him the day I did the Stu Peters documentary, I found the email to the FBI and I called him and said, did the FBI ever respond to you about venom? And anyway, he's very excited because he's been dismissed by the medical community and scientists and the FBI and and everybody for the last two years, and he's been aware and has tons of research to support that this is a worldwide envenomation. This is not just a respiratory disease. No, they are weaponizing venoms. Uh, and I'll just tell you, in the third chapter with Mike Adams, you asked me what should everybody do who's gotten the vaccines. I'll tell you, the people who created these vac- vaccines are named Drew Weissman and Cataline Carrico. It's not Dr. Malone. He did not make these. Uh, 
These two people at the University of Pennsylvania use a substance in their gene editing therapy research. It's called snake venom phosphodiesterase. It's actually from snake venom. It cuts open your cells and then it cleaves or splices your RNA or your DNA so they can insert their own mRNA of whatever they want into your genes. They've been using snake venom phosphodiesterase for over a decade, funded by Anthony Fauci to do gene editing therapy with mRNA. That's their job. That's what they get paid to do. And I actually showed Mike Adams in the chapter three version. I said, do you know, I can actually buy this stuff called snake venom phosphodiesterase right online from a company called Innovative Research. And I brought it up on the screen and I said, I want you, Mike, to read the description. I highlighted one line in the description under the $133 checkout button. And he reads it out loud and it states, anyone who buys snake venom phosphodiesterase for gene editing therapy, you can't mix this stuff with glutathione, N-acetylcysteine, vitamin C, or EDTA. It will completely destroy its mechanism of action as a venomous component. Wow. And I told Mike, I was like, Mike, everyone who's gotten these shots needs to get on intravenous glutathione infusions or vitamin C infusions. That's a bare minimum. You need to start injecting your body with the highest dose vitamin C and glutathione that these infusion centers will do based on your medical history. And you need to set up like several weeks or months worth of these infusions to try to destroy all of these either synthetic or actual snake venom components that these people who created these shots have been using for over a decade to do gene editing therapy. So if, if these things are inhibitory to snake venom, you should be using them because the shots actually behave just like snake venom to cause neurological disease, heart disease, diabetes, death and harm and kidney failure, lung failure, liver failure. That's what they're designed to do. And then one last question. I'm, I'm about to time out. Um, what do you see the correlation between those who got the vaccines and cancer, if any? Yeah, this is huge. So snake venom by itself. We already know since 1956 that snake venom destroys what's called alpha interferon and it destroys toll-like receptors. It also destroys what's called tumor necrotic factor or TNF. All three of these things are in your body naturally that stop and suppress cancer from being metastatic or growing throughout your body. The actual mRNA shots and snake venom actually destroy toll-like receptors, alpha interferon, and tumor necrotic factor, which would explain why Dr. Ryan Cole, for example, the pathologist, every time he looks under the slide of somebody who's gotten these vaccines, if they had remission of cancer before, after they get these mRNA shots, he's seeing massive amounts of metastatic cancer being in the tissues of the people after getting the shots. He also sees massive amounts of micro blood clotting, which is another side effect of venom directly in the body. So yes, it is a massive correlation. Jeez, so much information. I appreciate you uh, taking the time again just to be on on my show, what you're doing and the truths that you are coming out with and uh, exposing our, it's truly worth it. Everybody should follow you um, and just listen to your interviews and research because they can really learn a lot. Do you, uh, would you, tell everybody where they can find you or uh, contact you if they have any other questions. Sure. Yeah. You can uh, follow me at the D R A R D I S show.com. The Dr. Artist show is where I do my own little podcast. I have a live show every Wednesday morning 
It's on brighteon.tv. It's the Dr. Artist Show. Uh, this Wednesday morning, 10 Eastern time, 9 Central time for an hour. I'm actually going to be exposing to you that our country, the United States of America, actually has a second water, water delivery system already intact to actually target specific homes and communities to create pandemics wow. in the water. I'm going to take you through the experts that actually have that. That's this Wednesday. So anyway, thedrartishow.com. I got tons of documents to help with hospitalized patients, advocacy work, uh, greatcare.com. You can find their resources there for advocacy or advice, even for me. Uh, they've got a great group of advocates working around the country and in Canada now to preserve the lives of the innocent. Uh, anyway, that's where you can find all the resources. We're also on Telegram, thedrartishow.com. We're on Rumble, Clout Hub. We're, we're everywhere trying to, trying to be as many places as possible without being you know, kicked um, off somewhere. Well, I appreciate your time. Um, I would love to have you back on after your documentary comes out. Thank you. Yeah, we'll do that. Awesome. And uh, I will, you said you're speaking Friday? I will be speaking Friday. It's between 1 and 2 p.m. on Friday, this coming Friday, Eastern Friday time. That's my birthday, so it's going to be a fun time. <laughs> yeah. Happy birthday to you. Thank you very much. And uh, you guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Like Dr. Artis said, if you have any questions or want to see any of his products, supplements, information, you can go to the drartistshow.com. Is that correct? The drartistshow.com. Yes, Wonderful. Thank you so much for much. joining me. I will see you soon. Looking forward to it. We'll see you on Friday. Bye.